0: If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. We've been doing a series called Follow Me. Uh, Not follow me, but follow Jesus. What Jesus said to people was to follow him. It's a simple, simple series. And maybe if you're an expert theologian and been a Christian for many, many years and come to church since you were little... It might be very simple for you, but it doesn't hurt to remind ourselves that Jesus' call is very simple. It's not easy, but it's a simple instruction. And it requires a simple response. That that is all it comes down to. As we look over the few weeks that we're doing this, Jesus asks simply, Will you follow him? And our answer is either yes or no. It's that simple. So, that's the challenge, and I don't think it hurts to remind ourselves of this. Somebody um, gave me a, a gift, okay, it's a lovely painting, isn't it? And I thought, what on earth is that all about? Yeah, I know it is, yeah, I know it is. Because if you've not got the right perspective, that's just a nice painting, isn't it? But if you turn it the other side, all the way up, oh, look, it worked, it says Johnny, okay. Sometimes we've got to get our perspective right. The way we look at things makes a difference. And today, we're going to see how Jesus doesn't look at you and me the way we look at you and me. Jesus doesn't see you the way you see you. Jesus has never seen people the way we see them. He doesn't judge them in the way we judge them. But he loves them. So today is all about changing perspective. It's all about looking at things the Jesus way up, not the other way up. Just for those of you on the side, okay. <laughs> there we go. Okay. If you were to see and have never heard him speak or heard of what he's done, if you were to see a picture of, for example, Boris Johnson, would you guess that he was going to run the country? No. What? That's a harsh thing, isn't it? Because we look at someone and go, "Not a chance. He can't even trust. You can't even trust the man to get a good haircut. You know." Would you trust it? And we judge things by the covers and we might look at people and go, there's no chance. There is no chance he's going to make it. He is the most unlikely person to sit in 10 Downing Street. You might look at other people and go, well, they'd make an excellent prime minister, because that's what we do. And actually, Jesus sees things differently. There have been many, many unlikely people to make it in the world. There's been many, many unlikely people. You can probably think of some yourselves. In the works of fiction, Matilda is an unlikely hero. The little girl in the Roald Dahl books, she has everybody against her, her own family. The school teacher, Miss Trunchbull, oh, what a nightmare. But actually, she makes it. She makes it. She's an unlikely hero, Spider-Man. You know, Peter Parker, the wimpiest, geekiest guy in the school, is this heroic figure swinging through the town what an unlikely hero the hobbits in lord of the rings who'd have thought that those little people with hairy feet would do all right you know Corey was a little person with hairy feet he's done all right so who'd have thought he's not little anymore he'll probably beat me up but anyway but a real hero unlikely hero was in 1919 a boat capsized off the shore of canada And the sailors ended up on a rocky outcrop. They were in a fierce storm. They were in danger of death. When a dog they had on board, a Newfoundland dog, took a rope and swam to shore and saved 92 people. Who'd have thought that a dog would save that many people. Who'd have thought that a dog could be that precious? So Pete and Donnie, you might want to think about getting a dog. Who knows? Because one day it might save you. Who'd have thought that that dog could save all those people? He was an unlikely hero. What do you think, Thea? I'm trying. Okay. Maybe you can think of your own unlikely people that made a difference. Maybe this morning, in this building or on that screen, you are perhaps thinking, how could I make a difference? You're perhaps thinking... Why on earth would God love me? You're perhaps thinking, I have struggled for however many years of my life and I've never been able to make it. I've never been able to get there. I've never been able to do what I feel I can. Today, as we look at our next follow me, we see that Jesus called the most unlikely people. Jesus called the people who were despised, the people who were looked down on, the people who'd been rejected, the people who were isolated, the people who were called unclean. Jesus called people you wouldn't expect because his view of you is not your view of you. His view of you is not my view of you. His view of you is that he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. His view of you is that no matter what your past is, he can shape your future. That's the same for each one of us in this place this morning. Is that good? Yeah. Because I know without him, I would not be stood here. I am the most unlikely person, I think, to stand here. Some of you are thinking, yes, you are, Johnny. (laughs) We still can't believe it. I am. Who'd have thought that a florist and a schoolteacher would would be called to do what we're doing? I I still think it's just unbelievable. And one day, I think I'll wake up like Bobby Ewing in the shower. Is it Bobby that woke up in the shower? It was somebody else. Anyway, Dallas fans, you can correct me later. But let's read the passage. It's a short passage. Matthew chapter 9. I've done all my anecdotes. No, I don't think I have. Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 to 13. Jesus calls the unlikely. So don't sit there this morning and think he wouldn't be interested in you. Because however unlikely he is. However unlikely he is. Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 to 13 say this. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Told you it's simple, isn't it? Follow me. Matthew gets up and follows him. It's not rocket science. Don't make it complicated. Follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. First of all, we're all sinners. The Bible tells us we've all made mistakes. Every single person in this room and on that screen and outside those doors has made mistakes. These particular people, were, Matthew is describing as the lowest of the low. The drunkards, the prostitutes, the addicts, the tax collectors. They were the scum, if you like, in the society. But Jesus is sitting I'm in dinner with them. Jesus is going to their house and saying, I want to be with you. I want to make my, I want to break bread with you. While these people sat and ate with him and his disciples, the Pharisees saw this. The Pharisees were the religious, strict religious group. Very important that rules were obeyed. Very important that things were followed. The Pharisees saw this and they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? They were judging. Their perspective on these people that Jesus had called was upside down. Why on earth would Jesus want anything to do with that lot? That's what they're saying. On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus came. If you think you've made mistakes, Jesus came for you. If you think you've made too many mistakes, Jesus says, no, you haven't. If you think you're beyond any help, Jesus said, no, you're not. Because he came for those who were sick. So let's have a quick look at this passage. It's a simple, complex, not complex, just a call and response. But before we look at these four verses, the first bit I read said this. As they went from there. So where did they go from? What's happened before this? It's important that we don't just skip over. We've learned that over the last few weeks, haven't we? Don't skip over bits that are written. As they went on from there, from where? Well, Jesus had just healed a man who'd been lowered through the roof by his friends. You might know the story. The man who was on a mat for his life. If you were in primary school assemblies with me, it would be a mat that wasn't like that, but like that. Through a house that wasn't like You remember that, Alicia? Yeah. No, you know. <laughs> He must have been absent from my favourite RE lesson. Okay, he'd just healed a man who'd been lowered through the roof. But the amazing thing about that story was, he doesn't start by healing the man. What does he do first? He says, because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. Because of your faith, your mistakes are wiped out. Because you've come to me, your past is forgotten. It's been dealt with. It's been, it's been put away. That's where he's come from. That's where Jesus has come from. And then he says, because the Pharisees then and the Sadducees were all going, who's this bloke that he can say he forgives sins? Only God can forgive sins. But Jesus says, well, yeah, because I am. (laughs) I am. The lesson learned in that incident was not just that Jesus has the power to heal, but that he was able to forgive. That was the key message, that Jesus had the authority to forgive the mistakes of everybody. is able to deal with past and give you a fresh start. So, he goes from there to Matthew. What do we know about Matthew? Well, he was also called Levi, nothing to do with genes. Okay, he was called Levi, he was called Matthew. Matthew as a name meant gift of Yahweh. That's a great name, isn't it? Gift of Yahweh. Levi as a name means Joined, joined. So the gift of Yahweh joined Jesus. It's good, isn't it? Matthew, called Levi, follows Jesus. He was known as Levi, and he was a tax collector. Now, you might not like HMRC. You might not like the man who takes that little bit out of your, your pay packet every month, and you think, flip it heck, that's a lot. You might not like that person who says, you've got to give me this. But that's not the tax collector of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, that's the wrong one, of Matthew's day. This tax collector, he was sitting in his toll booth, effectively, his tax booth. Any goods that came into the town, any produce, he worked for the Romans. He was a Jewish guy, but he worked for the Romans. He wasn't particularly liked by the Romans, and he would be hated by his fellow men, because every time they came in, he would say, taxes please, not taxi, taxes. Taxes please, and not only that, he would probably add a little bit on to put in his own pocket. He'd probably take a little bit more, so he was quite wealthy. If you don't know the background of Matthew, watch The Chosen. Gives you a really good picture of him. Gives you a really good idea of what he would have been like. So imagine this was a play or a film. Matthew is Captain Hook, or he's Cruella de okay, or is Javert. He's the bad guy. He's the one who gets booed. He's the one who goes, everybody, boo. Nobody goes hooray because he's a tax collector. He's a thief. He's working for the enemy. He's doing everything that he shouldn't be doing. That is the image we need to remember. He's the scar of Lion King. You know, I don't spoil it, but Simba, yeah. Simba, Simba spoils things at one point. But he was sitting in his tax collector's booth when Jesus says, Follow me. So what does that tell us in Barrow and Furnace in 2021? It tells us this. You don't have to get yourself perfect for Jesus to call you. You don't have to be out of all the problems you're in before you respond to Jesus. Matthew is sat in the place of his problem. Matthew is sat in the mess of his mistakes when Jesus comes to him and says, follow me. Matthew is in that place. In a few weeks' time, uh, Ray Tate is coming to speak. We've got a visiting speaker, which is good. And I can remember Ray at the old building. I think he probably spoke on this passage, but he did this funny thing with his arm. If he comes, get him to do it. Helen, <laughs> do you know what I mean? He does that funny thing where he, I, I don't know. I, 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 am I talking, do, you, do you know what I mean? No. He talks about, he just has his arm hanging there, and he used the illustration If you broke your arm today, what would you do? What would you do? You'd go to A&E, wouldn't you? Yeah? You wouldn't say, I'll just wait till it's better, and then I'll go and see the doctor. Would you? That would be ridiculous. And that was the point he was making with his funny arm thing. Get him to do it, trust me, I don't know how he does it, but it's, it's, it's entertaining. I'm sure it entertains his grandchildren. But... You don't break a bone or get sick and then wait to get better before you see the person who could do something about it, do you? That's what Jesus is saying. Don't wait till you're in a better place or circumstance or situation before you respond to him because he's calling you today, wherever you are, and he's saying, follow me now. Get up out of it and follow me. Don't just keep sitting in your mess. Don't just keep staying in your past. Get up out of it and follow me. And our response just needs to be, okay. That's all Matthew does. Yes. Gets up. Follows Jesus. What happens next? Food. I don't know about you. That sounds good to me. <laughs> get up and follow him. What happens next? It's food. You don't wait to get sorted before you see a doctor. So why are you waiting before, waiting for things to change before you see Jesus? Why are you thinking... I can't possibly follow him because I'm just not right. The whole point is he came to make you right. (laughs) He came to make you right. Maybe you're a Christian this morning and maybe you constantly worry that actually you're just still not getting it. Jesus has got it already. Jesus has done it all. He's paid that price. Jesus called Matthew the unlikely man when he was still in his mess. And he says, follow me. Jesus didn't expect change before he called him, but he knew that with him, he would change. He knew that with Jesus beside him, he was stronger. With Jesus beside him, he was going to be better. He was going to be, become more sorted. You know, Jesus sent his disciples out for ministry in twos because that's good practice. He sent them out in twos. I wonder who Matthew got paired with. Because they all would have hated him. They wouldn't have trusted him. He was a tax collector. They must have found it really difficult to accept him into their little group at first because he was unlikely. He was not the person that they would have called. But Jesus turns their perspective upside down and he says, I'll call all men. The difference is some will say yes and some will say no. Some will get up out of their tax booth and follow him for food. Spiritual and physical. Some people will hear the call and stay sat in the tax booth. Some people will hear the call and stay sat there. Or they might leave it for a day and then walk back again the next. The simple response is yes and amen. Jesus will call you even while you're still making the same mistakes. But he wants you to try and change them. He wants you with his help, not just beside you but within you to change and be transformed. He says, follow me. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, is a brilliant memory verse. Anyone know it off by heart before I read it? Learn it. (laughs) Romans 5, verse 8, you'll know it as soon as I start saying it. It says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still in our mistakes, Christ died for us. While we were still in our past, Christ died for us. You weren't even born when Christ died, but he died for you. While you were still in your mistakes, he died. He paid the price before you even started making mistakes. Don't think. You have to get ready to follow him. Keith Green was a, a, a famous, well, quite a famous singer-songwriter. He had, At one point, he was going to be the next big American singer-songwriter. If you've never read his biography, it's incredibly powerful. It's called No Compromise. And he chose to turn his back on the fame, the success, the riches and stardom that was in front of him because he wanted to tell people about Jesus. And he died very young, sadly. You'll know the song, There is a Redeemer. He wrote the song, There is a Redeemer. And his wife, Melody, said to him, it needs something else. And she wrote the third verse, which says, when I stand in glory... I will see his face, and there I'll serve my king forever in that holy place. And they wrote that together just before him and one or two of the children died in a plane crash. It was tragic. But he wrote some incredible, powerful songs. He touched people's lives, not because he was Keith Green, but because he had Jesus. Because he was filled with the Spirit. God chose an unlikely person, somebody who was going down a road to all sorts of things. And he said, no, follow me. And Keith Green got up out of that, turned his back on it, and followed Jesus. He wrote a song called, He'll Take Care of the Rest. And it says this, it's quite funky, if you want to listen to it on Spotify or YouTube. It says, it ain't no use banging your head up against a stone-cold wall, because no one is perfect except for the Lord. Even the best's bound to fall. Remember, he is the vine and you are the branch. He loves to get you through it if you'll give him a chance. You just keep doing your best and pray that it's blessed and Jesus takes care of the rest. That's what he's asking us to do. He'll take care of the rest. Don't think you have to get all your ducks in a row. Don't think you've got to get it all organised and you're not the sort of person who can do this, that and the other. He'll take care of the rest. That's what he's saying to Matthew. Matthew, I know you're stuck in your tax booth. I know you've done this, that, and the other. Follow me, and I'll take care of the rest. Don't worry about the disciples giving you a bit of grief because you've taken money off them. I'll take care of the rest. He says to you this morning, don't worry about what's ahead. Don't worry about what's been behind. Start today. Step at a time, and I'll take care of the rest. That's what he's asking us to do. Remember, he is the vine and we are the branch. He'll take care of the rest. Because he's calling you right now. Sat on these seats. Sat watching the screen. He's saying, wherever you are, even if you feel that no one could ever love you, even if you feel that no one could ever trust you, even if you feel that nobody could ever choose you and that you don't deserve it, he says, follow me. I love you. I choose you. Jesus calls you today where you are and as you are. He calls you where you are and as you are, but he doesn't leave you where you are. I'll say that again. He calls you where you are and as you are, but he doesn't leave you where you were. He'll bring you out. I can remember an illustration once. Um, I'm going off my notes loads this morning, I'm sorry. Of a campsite, I think I might have shared this before. Stop me if I have. Um, they used to have cesspits, okay, Nice nice picture, where all the sewage went, okay? So can you imagine, not the nicest place on a campsite. If you've ever been camping where there's decent toilets, it's not good, is it? Danielle, you hated it at Keswick those years, didn't you? I remember. Danielle couldn't find anywhere to plug her hair straighteners in, in the tent. It was terrible. But, um, I'm sorry. But anyway, but can you imagine a pit on a campsite where all the waste from everybody goes? Pleasant, no? Food waste, human waste, Hmm. And this person said, imagine that you fell in there. (laughs) And somebody came along and dived in and pulled you out. Would you jump straight back in? No. That's what Jesus has done. Jesus dived into the (laughs) cesspit of humanity. And he's given us a way of being pulled out. And he says, follow me. Get out. I'll help you out and I'm not going to leave you stuck there. I've lifted you out of the miry clay and I've put your feet on a rock. That's what he promises. That is significant. Matthew gets up and leaves the tax booth. He leaves that old way of life. He says no more to that. I'm changing. I don't want to be that person anymore. He leaves the cushy job, the wealth it brings, probably a nice house, nice things. Even though he was disliked, he had money, he had status. And Matthew goes, Don't care about those things. I want to be something in God's kingdom. He left because the thing that was most important was to follow Jesus. Because he knew he would take care of the rest. He knew he would take care of the rest. Jesus says, follow him. Not a set of rules like the Pharisees, but follow the person. Follow the person. I saw a sign on Facebook in America that said something like, Just love everybody. God will sort the rest out. Just love everybody. God will sort them out later. Just love everybody. There were others just like him. Matthew throws a dinner party. Who's at the dinner party? More tax collectors. More people who society looked down on. More people who were hated and despised and rejected. And who's in the middle of the dinner party? Jesus, the King of Kings, God's Son in the middle of a load of tax collectors. I don't know what the equivalent would be today. Well, I can think of a few. But that would then involve me saying, oh, that, that group of like tax collectors, so I'm not going to say that. But you can have in your own mind, where would Jesus be right now? He was in the middle of the scum because he loved them. He loved them. Matthew throws a dinner party and Jesus hung out with the unlikeliest of people. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you think you are an unlikely person to even be in church. Well done for making it. You Maybe you think you're an unlikely person that Jesus would love, but where would Jesus be today? Probably the very places that many of us want to ignore. Probably the very places that most of us wouldn't want to go to. Probably, for some of us, it might be people of our past. Jesus would be with people we wouldn't want necessarily to be near. But Jesus wasn't like the Queen. When the Queen visits anywhere everything has to be spruced up, doesn't it? Fresh coats of paint, get the people off the streets that she doesn't want to see, you know? You've got to be acceptable. I think Ros did some flowers once and you've got to go through all this protocol to be able to give flowers to the queen. Jesus wasn't like that. He just goes, yeah, I'll come to your house. I don't care what the house, I don't care what the decor's like. I don't really care what the food's like. I want to be with you. I don't care what you smell like. I want to be with you. That's what he says today. He doesn't care what the past has been. He doesn't care what your current circumstances are. He says, I want to come to your house and I want you to come and follow me. I want you to say yes. With the queen, everything has to be made perfect before she turns up. With Jesus, he makes it perfect after he turns up. With Jesus, he makes us perfect in his eyes. He came to seek and save the lost. So if you feel lost today, he came for you. If you feel unworthy today, he came for you. If you think you're too good, he came for you, and he'll take you down a peg or two. (laughs) Because he is the one that is good enough. He came to love the whole world, not just a part. He came to love the whole world, the whole world. The despised, the rejected, the hated, the unlikely, and the likely. That means every single one of us in here. Even the Pharisees criticise him. Why does he hang out there? What's he doing with those people? Which group would you be in today? Be honest. As you read this story, which group would you be in today? Would you be in the tax collector's group thinking, I've blown it? Would you be in the disciples where you're thinking, actually, no, I want to hang out with these people. I want to love them and I'm following Jesus. Or would we be like the Pharisees where we're saying, what are you doing with them? Why are you wasting your time there? Which one would we be? Spending time with whoever. Jesus called the unlikeliest of people in order to reach more unlikely people. When Matthew says, follow, when Matthew says yes, I'll follow you, what happens? He gathers more like him and he says, come and hear this bloke. He loves me even though I'm a tax collector. Even though he knows I'm a tax collector, it's not like I'm pretending. He met me in the tax booth. He still told me to come with him. Jesus says, follow me. He said to the fishermen, I'll make you fishers and men. He says to Matthew, follow me. And Matthew grabs his friends and says, look at this guy. He loves me. You need to listen to him. I found someone who doesn't hate me. I found somebody who who won't let me down. I found somebody who's amazing. Today, is he calling you to do the same? Maybe you're an unlikely person that has come to him. And maybe he's saying to you, "You've you've got the ability to connect with even the more unlikely people. You've got the ability to reach out. Jesus isn't saying it's okay to stay stuck in that place of mistakes, it's okay to stay sat in your toll booth. He's saying, follow me and get everyone else out of their toll booth. Follow me and bring everyone else to the party. He's saying, I'll meet you wherever you are and I'll transform your life so you don't stay there. That's what he promises. That's what he promises. Jesus came to heal and the one guarantee that the Bible gives, both with the previous miracle and with this story, is he can heal your heart. He can forgive your past. The unseen things, the things that only you know, God can deal with them through Jesus. He can say, it's done. It's finished. Forgiveness is the biggest healing and miracle available. We just need to say yes. Are we getting this message through this series. The message version says this, who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? Easy question. Who needs Jesus? The righteous or the unrighteous? None of us are righteous. <laughs> There's a clue. We all need him. Jesus came to remove the biggest cause of heart disease, sin. Jesus came to set free, to unchain. He came to heal and forgive. It goes on to say, as we finish, hopefully that's the last time I say it. He goes on to say, I'm after mercy. I don't want religion. You might say, Oh, I'm going to church, I'm religious. Religion's something you just do out of routine football fans follow their team religiously unless they're Manchester United and they give up a little bit when they're not doing very well but people follow their teams religiously I don't want to follow Jesus religiously I want to follow him because he loves me and because I love him and because he can transform the Pharisees had it all wrong they had it upside down it's not about rituals it's not about rules it's not about laws it's about love and it's the fact that God's name, is, God's name should be written on our hearts and ours written on His hands. It's about forgiveness, it's about mercy, it's about love, it's about kindness. That's what it's about. So, where are we getting it? Sacrifice and obedience are really important, but we still need mercy, love, and kindness. That's Jesus. The question is is it us? Mercy, love, and kindness is it us? compassionate is it us even if we have a heart of stone he can replace it with a heart of flesh so what does the simple story tell us it tells us that Jesus wants you to start following him right now don't wait don't get ready just say yes get up and meet him because he'll meet you in the middle of your mess he says come with me and I'll lead you out of it will you trust him You might think you're unlikely. Jesus called the unlikely. I know around this room there are some people who might, some people would think it's unlikely that they're in this building. I love it. Do you know why? Because it's God's kingdom. And God loved the world. Every single person in it. Who is he calling you to minister to? To sit and break bread with? To have food with and say, come and meet my friend Jesus. Who is he calling you to do that with? How is he calling you? How merciful are we towards others? How forgiving are we to those who have been despised by society and rejected? Jesus says, don't ignore these issues and go to church on a Sunday. That's not what it's about. He says, follow me. You might be criticized for following, even by religious people. You might be made to feel rubbish by other people. But you know what? When we follow Jesus, we get to experience mercy and to break bread with him, and to sit with him, and to call him our friend. Are you an unlikely hero? Jesus says, follow me. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that today this message is the same. You are saying, follow me. I thank you that in Barrow in 2021, you're saying, follow me. And Father, I pray for everybody in this room and everybody watching on the screen. I pray, Lord, that they will hear your voice this morning in the words we've heard saying, follow me. Get up out of your mess and meet me. I'll take you out of it. If that's you in this place this morning, I just want to invite you just to just raise your hand briefly just so I can see, so I can pray for you. If you think God is calling you, everyone else's eyes closed and head bowed, if you think Jesus is calling you to step up and out of your mess, just give us a wave quickly so I can see and pray for you. Thank you for being brave. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me pray for those people. If you didn't raise your hand, don't worry. The prayer's for you. So, Father God, I pray for those four who today by making that active step, saying, yeah, I want to follow you. I pray, Lord, that they will know your peace right now as they sit in this place. I pray, Lord, that you will enter into their hearts and lives. I pray, Lord, that they will ask you to just forgive the past mess and that they will know your presence with them as they walk. And I pray, Lord, that they will be encouraged and called to the unlikeliest of people. And I pray that they will be messengers of hope, love, and goodness. Amen.